Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. It is episode 29, and Wade, it's Rumors Week, because that's all we got. Shout out Lindsay Lohan album. Rumors. Does that hold up? Yeah. When did that come out? High school? I think like 2004-ish. Um, I don't, there's almost no chance it holds up. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to. I don't think it was. I don't think it held up when it came out. Maybe you have to put it at the end of the this episode. That was full. Maybe I will. That was full. Uh, was that full coked out Lindsay at the time? No, like, this was like Mean Girls Lindsay. It was blonde Lindsay. I thought it was after. No, uh, this was like right around Mean Girls. Mean Girls was her prime. Yeah, but I don't think she was. I, mean, I may. I may be remembering it wrong. You are more of a Lohan chronologist than I am, so I'll let you handle that. Before we get into some news that happened earlier today, and I'm. Today is in uh, Monday, the 27th. We're not talking about Kobe on here. I'm sure you've all heard enough about Kobe at this point from other sources, and this is not where you've come to hear Kobe. But the news that did happen today that's baseball-related, we're going to hit that in a second, um, and we're going to hit Rumor Corner. But just thought this was worth mentioning because we love lists here. Big list guy, Wade. Do you know that? Yeah, I can tell. Baseball America came out with their top 10 catching prospects list today. They threw Luis Campuzano on as the sixth best catching prospect in the minors, which I thought was a tad low for him, considering what he did last year. You know, Cal League, co-MVP, Cal League, hitting title, uh, 20 years old. He's a catcher. Like, that's unheard of for him to do that. Plus, he's, like, pretty solid defensively. There's no no reports coming out of Elsinore, like, oh, he needs to work on his defense. His framing's terrible. Um, he can't, he's got a cannon for an arm. We've all known that since the draft. Um, but he's been – he's a catcher long-term. I don't know why he wasn't higher on this list. Kind of a slap in the face to him. No slap and tickle? Yeah. No, no tickle though. Just slap. And then Blake Hunt, who didn't make the list, obviously, because catcher – there's some pretty good catchers on the list. He was labeled as a sleeper, which, you know, good for him. Good for him. Uh, what would you think of the list? The list goes as follows. We'll just go over the guys that were in front of our boy. So Adley Rushman, obviously, I think is a clear number one. He was the number one pick. Uh, a couple of years ago uh, by the Orioles from Oregon State. Nice. Joey Bart on the Giants. We all expect to be the heir apparent to Buster Posey. He's really good. Sean Murphy kind of had a resurgence as a hitter, finally, mostly seen as glove first guy. Dalton Varsho on the Diamondbacks. He's their number one prospect. He's going to be up this year doing some stuff. I don't – I have a tough time getting excited about hitting, catching prospects like this because his value is pretty much all on the offense too. Um, but – He's a catcher. So, like, what are we looking at? 400 at-bats at the most and pretty inconsistent playing time. Like, we've seen what's happened to Francisco Mejia. Catchers are really, really volatile, and I, I just don't really trust them long-term offensively, I guess. Francisco Alvarez on the Mets, who I actually don't know much about, and then Campuzano, who right in the middle there. And Kiba Ruiz, Dodger, we'll throw him in there, too, because he's the Dodger. He's supposed to be the the stud catcher for them, and for the last couple of years has kind of been quiet, I guess, uh, was promoted very aggressively during his younger days and hasn't really done a ton in the last few years, but still lots of projection. I mean, they have Will Smith. They don't need him. Well, that was <clears throat> when I was doing the Angels Dodgers show. Uh, we were talking about how Will Smith and Kiba Ruiz were 
kind of like the perfect tandem. Will Smith was the glove first guy. Keeper Ruiz was going to be a hit first guy or bat first guy. And then Will Smith kind of had this big surprise year in AAA and it's carried over into the majors. And people are pretty aggressive with their projections for him. We're looking at like, you know, 20 to 25 home runs for him. Plus he hasn't lost any of those catching tools, the defensive tools yet. So he looks like he's got it all now. They might not even need Keeper Ruiz. Comes off. Trade bait. So are you happy with Camposano? I guess we're not happy with Camposano. It's six there. I I would have liked to seen him in the top four, probably ahead of um like right ahead of Dalton Varsho. Just leapfrog him to go to number four. Even though Dalton Varsho, I think the key with him is that he's ready to play right now. He's probably gonna be competing for a lot of at bats with the Diamondbacks this year, and Campuzano isn't. And I guess that matters. Or not I guess. It, it definitely does matter. Uh, proximity to the majors. Once you've ex- exceeded some goals and gotten through some levels of the minors and you've proven yourself major league ready, that makes you a much safer prospect going forward. And if you're ready, then Campuzano, there's still a chance he doesn't really make it, I guess. The big news today, though, was that we can now officially close the door on Starling Marte to the Padres. I'm going to cl- close door sound effect. You want to close the door? No, it's too far. Uh, did you he went ended up going to the Arizona Diamondbacks? Did you really care about this or Yeah, I thought he was definite possibility to be a center fielder for us, which is what we need. He had been for several weeks and months up until this point, but since nothing had happened, yeah, I, I mean, had gave up nothing. I had kind of just wrote, written it off that Preller's not interested in this. We got went out and got Tommy Pham. I don't think Starling Marte if if the Padres wanted Starling Marte, clearly they would have gone and gotten him. Because look yeah, at the, we could easily could have matched what the Diamondbacks offered. And we're going to talk about what the Diamondbacks gave up in a second. But isn't it fair to say that the Padres moved on from Mar- Marte several weeks ago? And th- we were hearing rumors about the Padres calling in. They, they call in on everybody. So I don't really want to hear like, oh, they were calling in on Marte. Um, we're going to talk about Mookie Betts in a little bit too in Rumors Corner. But Marte still, I think, has a couple good years left. He's in that fam zone where he's like early 30s. And has a lot to give still. He's not washed up at all. But some of the factors that make him so good, um, speed being one of them defensively and on the base paths, that's going to start to go over the next couple of years. What, he's like 31? I think he's 31 right now. I don't know what his birthday is, but it's yeah. All, all downhill from 31. Yeah, since we're uh, 32 now. <laughs> and Tommy Pham is 32 and we're, we're just barely older than Tommy Pham. I, I I thought they if they wanted to beat this offer they could. So the dime, the Dimebacks ended up um, getting you know two prospects from their top ten according to Baseball America, um, and the Dimebacks system overall I would say is probably a top ten system in the majors. I think it's a fairly deep system without much star power at the top. Christian Robinson's a guy who I think uh, well isn't their number one prospect right now, but could be. Their next like star prospect guy, kind of like a Joe Adele or something, but he's still too far away to make that claim today where he's going to be that guy. So beer. without beer uh, has never really been one of those top pro- – like people like the tools, but because he's like limited to first base slash DH, provides little to no value defensively. These are like overall prospect lists, not fantasy prospect lists. Gotcha. So he has a – he has to do a lot offensively to be considered one of those top prospects. But other than those guys, Robinson's 
a future stud, just too young right now to make that call. They're they're a depth organization, not a star organization like I would say the Padres or the Rays or the Braves. Padres, Rays, rhyming. So they traded. I have no idea how to say this guy's name. Leover Peguero, Peguero from the Dominican. He's Nailed the shortstop. It. Thank you. Signed in 2017. He's still only 19 years old, and he's the seventh best prospect in their system. And the other guy that was traded was a little more widely known if you follow draft at all. He was the 33rd pick overall in last year's first-year player draft from high school. He's a Bradenton, Florida guy. He spent his senior year at IMG Academy, and he is the ninth-rated prospect in their system. So right-handed pitcher, projects for yeah, well, he's 6'4", 200 pounds. So he's, he projects as a top-of-the-rotation guy, I guess. That's kind of what the label is thrown on all of these guys are in the first round if you're drafting a pitcher. But big kid, lost projection left in him as a high school player, obviously, but teams seem to like what he has right now in terms of pitchability and the stuff that he already has. It's not all projection with him, if that makes any sense. And then Paguero or Paguero or whatever is kind of in the same boat. He's really young, all projection still. BA threw a 55 hit and a 50 power on him. Looks like he's going to stay at shortstop for the long term. He's really athletic, really lean. Reminds me of myself. Hasn't played even a full season of pro ball yet, though. So even more question marks about this kid. Uh, he The problem with these guys, like Dominican-Cuban players, is that when they hit, they really hit. But when they don't, they kind of lack the other tools, the on-base tools, the pitch recognition tools that help them develop when maybe the hit tool is lagging behind a little bit. And it's really hard to learn that as a guy who maybe doesn't even speak English very well coming over here when you're expected to perform as a top prospect. It's really tough. So when they don't pan out, they they kind of flop hard. So they both have a lot of work to do. And like I said, with the Arizona system, it's good, but it's definitely not the pottery system. And I think there's two possibilities here. Either A, the Padres didn't want to give up prospects, you know, in the 6 to 15 range, two of those guys for Marte. Maybe they're, maybe they're just out on Marte. Or the Diamondbacks wanted one of the top five prospects, maybe like it was a Xavier Edwards or a Campusano or uh, Adrian Morejon. Maybe they wanted one of those guys and the Padres – we're like, no, our offer's actually already really good. We're, we can offer you guys out just outside our top 10 who are just as good as you're going to find anywhere else. That's our offer. And the Dimebacks are like, no, we want – like the only reason we're going to trade with you is we want to poach one of these really good guys from you. It's the fault of being too deep. That's kind of what we, – we've talked about this before. And yeah, when you have so many good prospects, uh, the value on them starts to skew because teams are like, you're, oh, you're, you're prospect rich. You can afford to lose one of these guys and the Padres come back with, well, that's not fair value still. Just because we have so many of them doesn't mean I need to now overpay just to unload some of these prospect chips that I have. And I'm guessing maybe that's what happened. The dime, the the Pirates wanted – they I heard they wanted a catcher all offseason and then you look at this deal and there's no catcher involved. So I think they probably just boxed themselves into a corner where they ended up wanting to move Marte and had nowhere else to move him. And then the Diamondbacks were the, the last team standing in, at the musical chairs table, and that was it. Yeah. All right, just for that, Wade, you're fucking doing the read now. <laughs> you didn't do shit. Do the, pull up your my bookie read and do the my bookie. Where is that? I don't know. I sent it to you four times. It's the same every week. I always delete it. Oh, maybe it's not. Um, 
I'll send it to you, right? Meow. If you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. The Super Bowl. Want to make a bet on it? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, MyBookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy Are side bets with friends technically, like, illegal? Technically, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can even visit mybookie.ag slash party to access the printable prop sheet for the big game. Do you like any props this year? Have you even thought about it? I'm not a big prop guy in general. Uh, Gatorade yellow. Ooh, I've heard orange plus 800. Okay. Football not your jam? No worries. My bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League. That's football. Nice. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000 in cash. That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. Call to action. Keep going. Oh, it's me? Yeah. Oh. All I have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra crash from MyBookie. Play, win, get paid. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. I mean, we could save this for a betting corner at the end of the game, or at the end of the podcast, but we both won last week. We did. Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs again. Love the Chiefs. Let it ride. Do you like John Heyman? Uh, he's okay on Twitter. Isn't He's kind of a buffoon, isn't he? Sure. Are you vibrating over there? Sorry, work emails. We're after hours. <laughs> this is podcast at, at night. Uh, John Heyman tweet. This this Every time John Heyman tweets, it gets uh, Padres Twitter into a frenzy. Not sure a star with one year to go before a free agency like Mookie Betts makes perfect sense for the Padres. I actually agree. But since San Diego is clearly very interested, I mean, it's Preller, uh, have heard among their superb pitching prospects to be more willing to trade Luis Patino than Mackenzie Gore. Shocking. Uh, great take there by John Heyman. Hot take. At Dennis Lynn, first on talks there. He's referencing Michael Paddock on Twitter. That's uh, Chris Paddock's brother you for like, those following at home. You like Mike? He's a good follow on Twitter. Where's a good – looks great in a cowboy hat. He does. We would like to acquire one more impact bat, more than likely an outfield bat, quote. That was a quote. Most of the Padres – at Padres Buzz since December. Then I read a divisional rival gives up this. That emoji didn't come through. It's probably a poop emoji. For an elite outfield bat when oh, – I think it was a thumbs down emoji. For an elite outfield bat when San Diego has more prospect resources than anyone else. That's cl- two exclamation points and a question mark. So kind of opposing ideas there. Yeah, he kind of went all over the place on that tweet. I mean that's kind of what he always does. Doesn't he do that? True. Uh, so Mookie Betts. This this story has been in my ear hole for the last couple of months since the Red Sox first decided they might start considering trading Mookie Betts. And now this is all Pottery's Twitter talks about. I don't consider myself a very active member of Pottery's Twitter. Uh, once in a while, I'll jump in and try to troll somebody. But this is pretty. This is all they talk about. I'm seeing Mookie Betts in the lineup, lineup tweets all the time. Uh, it's not my money tweets, kind of like from you. Why don't they just pay it? Uh Everyone wants to see Mookie Betts on the Potters this year. I am not a Mookie Betts proponent. I love Mookie Betts. Don't get me wrong. But he's going to free agency next year. This is a, this is a fact. It's like the Kawhi Leonard dilemma. Kind of. But did 
That's I hate that example for my argument because they won the championship. Right. But at the same time, you know what had to happen for them to win the championship? They had to play in an East that LeBron just left. So LeBron's gone. That helps them a lot. And then when they got to the finals, well, also to get to the finals, they had to hit this crazy – Kawhi had to hit this amazing shot in game seven over – was the it game Sixers. seven? Yeah. Uh, to win against the Sixers, the Embiid crying game. Right. And then they get to the finals and Clay Thompson – Tears his ACL. KD's out. In the last game. KD, they never had to play. Oh, they played KD, but a watered-down version. And then they finally just benched KD. Or no, he got hurt again. I forgot the timeline here. Did he even play in the finals? I thought he, I thought he played a couple games. and then know. It's the NBA. I don't care. Uh, no, didn't they boo him after he got hurt? Or uh, no, they cheered when he got hurt. Mm. That's what I meant. His little Achilles, little, little wiggle thing. And then everybody was like cheering that he was out. So anyway, they had just the luckiest run. Not to say they weren't a good team, but... Everything went their way. The Padres are more than one move away from a World Series. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. We need at least two more pitchers. This Kawhi deal made – it's basketball first. It's the NBA. So one star can change everything for you. Right. It's not baseball. That changed their whole season. They became an instant championship contender. That's the move you make. That's a great move. But one year of Mookie Betts does not make – the Padres, a World Series contender. He's going to free agency. He's a Scott Boris client. I'm not saying it's impossible that they're going to re-sign him, but they're not going to be able to re-sign him. He's going to the highest bidder. He's not going to come fall in love with San Diego and be like, oh, I like it here. I'll take less money. If he didn't want to go to the highest bidder, he would just re-sign with the Red Sox right now. Right. For like a hometown discount, $30 a year, something, $35, whatever the Red Sox could do. His own personal bowling alley. But the Red Sox have other guys to sign. They've got Rafael Devers who's coming up. Xander Bogarts, who's coming up. Bogats, sorry. Nice. Among others. Maybe Chris Sale. I don't know. But they're they're gonna lose him. And they know that. That's why they're people are like, oh, why would boss I saw Boston's betraying Mookie Betts. Where's the loyalty? What a terrible business. Like, no, if if they they know Mookie's not gonna sign there, you explore options to get better. That's it's not a business move. This is a sports move. Uh the phrase that's a it's a business gets thrown out in inappropriate times when it doesn't make any sense, they're trading him for sports purposes to win games, to get better long-term. But anyway, other than that, aside from that, it's a business. <laughs> Thanks, Wade. <clears throat> We're, we'd be selling future assets for a player that's going to be gone in a year. So let's talk about the deal that is being floated out. I saw that. I mean, you're seeing it in multiple, multiple places. Uh, John Heyman tweeted it. I've seen New York post with, an article about it and they're pretty specific with the pieces that they think, I don't know how they're getting this information. I mean, it says Padres reportedly handing over blank for Mookie Betts. Where do you think this is coming from? Padres front office, Red Sox front office, agents, probably an agent, probably agents, Scott Boris. Yeah. Masterminding the whole thing. Yeah. They're a uh, tricky, tricky little minxes. So what's being reported is that the Padres are prepared to send two young major leaguers and at least one prospect along with Will Myers for Mookie Betts. So that's a lot of pieces heading back to Boston. So the the, the major leaguers that they're talking about, an outfielder such as Manuel Margot or Josh Naylor, a pitcher such as Cal Quantrill, Joey Lucchese, and then Will Myers. All going to Boston. 
But how much of Will Myers' contract are they taking? So this That's is the, a huge part. This is the second part of the, the problem. So it's Myers is owed $61 million over the next three years. Mookie Betts is making $27 million this year. So it's roughly half the total deal of Will Myers, but it'll, it'll be off the books next year. Word on the street is that the Padres are asking the Red Sox to pay for half of Will Myers. So $30 million. So you're almost at even money. There. That would pay for Mookie. Right. But also word on the street is that the, the Red Sox are closer to like a quarter of the mm. of the money left. So So we're paying like fifteen million. Gotcha. Nice math. Thanks. Uh did that off the top of my head. No well, no big deal. Do you what do you think of that deal? Just I mean, I'm sure you've digested this over the course of the day. This came out kind of today, all this information about the specifics at least. What do you think of all that? I mean, I would love to get Will rid of Will Myers. That's huge stain on our books. I don't even know if he's that useless. He had a really bad year, but is he that people have turned on him quickly here? I don't think he's that bad. He had a really bad year. I don't know that three years, 60, that kind of hurts. And then, I mean, Eric Hosmer kills you more than that. If the Red Sox are willing to pay half, I say, do it right now. Done. But they're not. That's the thing. Okay. Then I'm going to have to think about it. So now you know what happened to it's not my money and you didn't give a shit about before. And now, now the money matters. You know, I'm trying to win and we're not a win now team. <laughs> well, funny you say that because like we've talked about this before. We are – the Padres are a win now team. They are clearly trying to win now. But there's a fine line here. There's trying to win now and then there's you know selling pieces of your future like the these outfielders or pitchers or maybe a prospect like Luis Patino. I mean like Campuzano and Margot and Myers. It's like not – that's not that big of a future. I'm fine with letting any of them go. Did you scroll down and look at my notes? I did not. Oh, that's exactly what I wrote in our notes. So we talked about a potential trade for Andrew Benatendi and David Price earlier in the offseason, and Will Myers was going back along with Patino and Ronald Bolaños, and there was some money involved and stuff. A new deal could be Will Myers, Manuel Margot, and I threw in Luis Campuzano over – Cal Quantrill or Joey Lucchese, just to, I think, I think that makes it a little more appealing for Boston. Get Mookie Betts back. I mean, yeah, Quantrill. And then the Red Sox eat half the money. Quantrill and Lucchese, they're decent, decent four or five starters for Boston. Those are, yeah, but in this, in the trade scenario that I'm giving you, that's, they're not involved. Okay. Do you think they're more interested in the major league talent, Lucchese or Quantrill, or they're more interested in like a guy like Luis Campuzano? I guess we don't really know what's in their head. Yeah, like are they trying to win this year? I don't know. I think definitely, and they definitely need pitching. I've looked at their, their – I mean, Nate Evaldi is a guy I've heard that are trying to move. He also had a terrible season last year and has had a long history of injuries. Chris Sale's coming off a big injury. David Price, they don't even want on their books anymore. They could use the pitching, and that's pro- they're probably asked for one of these young pitchers back. So maybe the Campusano route's not the best route. So then give up. Quantrill or Lucchesi, Lucchesi. Oof. Uh, but again, it's money. It's coming down to money. So if it's $20 million, which is a third of the Will Myers money, why is that not the compromise here? If the Padres want half, yeah, just meet in the, middle. the Red Sox want a quarter, let's make it a third. Let's make it $20 million. Why is that not happening? I think, honestly, so I've talked at length about how I don't, I didn't really care about getting Mookie Betts. 
And as much as I love him and as a player, and he's the second best player in the league behind Mike Trout. That makes you a wild card team. Easily. I think they're kind of already – yeah, he's, there's the key. It's easily. They're already kind of a wild card team, contender at least. And this Mookie Betts trade would make them a wild card, maybe probably favorite. And it would be a back-to-back the most exciting seasons in Padres history where one year you sign Manny Machado, Tatis comes up. The next year you sign Mookie Betts and they're all in the same lineup together. That would be – this would be the most exciting Padres team in our – well, I guess maybe since like 98 right? when they traded for Kevin Brown. I mean, 98, that team was literally just one starter away and they went and got that starter. This team's little more than just one I was reading about that trade today. Away. Yeah, the, there, there was like a f- flashback. They were talking about big stars who were traded and Kevin Brown made this ESPN list for you know, some of the biggest stars that have ever been traded in the offseason in what baseball history. What did we give history. up for that? I don't even remember. Uh, a couple of nobodies and Derek Lee. Derek Lee. Who went on to have a pretty good career. Yeah. At the time, he was the fifteenth best prospect in baseball. I th- that's a really that's a really good prospect to give up. But I mean, worth it. It was worth it. He was Kevin Brown was amazing, and it's too bad that we couldn't keep him around. But he was he was the probably the third best pitcher in baseball at that time. Behind, uh, I forgot who they had. This Pedro Martinez and, and came Flemings in and made one. all the other pitchers in the bullpen better. Yeah, not bull- rotation. Like, Andy, Andy Ashby was really good. Mark Langston was really yeah. good. Uh, when you start pushing everyone down a notch, it the value increases so much more. And like came in with the winning attitude, taught them how to win. Mm-hmm. So, so we we covered why I don't want Mookie Betts, but if it's Will Myers and it's Manuel Margot, who I don't give a shit about either, and it's Cal Quantrill, let's say they want Cal Quantrill or Joey, I don't care, pick Fine. one, pick one, take either, and the guy that we keep becomes our fifth starter. I'm fine with either one of them. Fuck it. Let's do it. Mookie. And it's $20 million. Like I'm fine with it. I don't expect to win anything this year. Maybe wild card and you get in. Who knows what can happen? You sell more tickets. Uh, the the stadium would be electric for the entire season. There would be no days where you don't want to go see the Padres when it's Mookie Betts, Machado, Tatis. All our games are like nine. Fam. Like, oh my God. That <laughs> I get why everybody wants this deal to happen. It's a very sexy team. And the pitching's the pitching's just the problem, and that's why the the deal long term doesn't really make any sense. But if you want to make some noise, I, w- I mean, we haven't made the playoffs in forever. This makes us a playoff team, not uh, not a World Series contender, but a playoff team. Yeah, and I was saying that this deal would remind me a little bit of 2015 Preller, where it's all in in the moment and not really thinking too much about the future. Although I've defended Preller for that season because this isn't that much future we're giving up though. No, exactly. And that's why this is the the scenario that I like. It's not giving up prospects. It's dumping Myers. Margot, I think we've seen enough of. We have Franchi Cordero that will replace him. We still have Josh Naylor. We still have Tommy Pham. And the pitching already isn't that great. And you're losing one of the guys that isn't, is at best a fifth starter for you. So all right, it, I love it. Now, now we're all in. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say fuck it too, and just let's, I would I would do the deal, even if it's a quarter. If it, I would just give the Red Sox the money that they want, not our money, right? Unless, <laughs> unless the money matters more than we think it does, and the Padres literally just don't have it. That's an issue too. We don't know what the books look like, and maybe they just literally cannot afford. You got to expect more revenue coming in if you get Mookie. They could just take the law, take it a loan, fat loan, go down, walk down to Chase, and they'll make it up, and they'll sell out. The most games they've ever sold out at Petco, I'm sure. It'd Easily. Be... So. All right. I'm out. You talked me into it. I'm into Preller, it. Preller, do it. 
I know you listen. Before we get out of here, target locked. We got locks of the week. We teased it earlier. Last week won big for us, both on the Chiefs, and my uh, my bonus pick did not cover. Um, what was your bonus pick? I don't even remember. It was. Ooh, I already deleted it, so I forgot. Doesn't matter. It was a bonus pick. Yeah. So Chiefs won. This week, luckily, oh, it was the under nineteen. Ah, you got me. It was, it was Packers under nineteen and a half. And of course, we all know the Packers came in with a late surge and scored twenty, and fucked me. That's what I mean. That's what happens when you bet on sports. This week, luckily, we missed the weekend, and I would have given you the Pro Bowl under fifty-one and a half, and we didn't have a show this weekend, so didn't lose. Doesn't count, Wade. Yeah, undefeated. Undefeated. Super Bowl pick time. We both like this is an easy one. We both like the Chiefs. Right now it's minus one and a half. I'm seeing on our sports book. One on the hook. My bookie. One on the hook. So I'm I'm all over that for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think Chiefs win big there. I think historically people are trying to talk me into defense. The defense wins the championship. And when top offense meets top defense, the top defense in the Super Bowl usually wins. I think I'd like the over, and I think I like the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes is back. He was hurt the whole down, and he just looks healthy now. He's all back, and the 49ers have proven that the, the Green Bay had a pretty good defense this year, and the Chiefs don't even need to – I mean, the, the the Niners with don't even really need to throw the ball to score. This is like a Titans, Packers, Ravens-type offense where it's just all running, and they can actually score. And the Chiefs' defense isn't super sexy at all. Titans were putting up points on them. So the line – well. What is it? 54 and a half. Do you like that over? I don't know. Need to do some more research. I think it gets weird. I think last year, NC State's losing by 10 at home to UNC. Wade, they've lost one time at home all year. And I basically got it at a pick because I bet at halftime. Roy is back. Damn. So. Best suit game in college basketball, Roy Williams. Well, he's got the best the best colors to work with. The best with. base to work with. Yeah, the the teal or not the teal, the uh baby blue, the Carolina blue, blue and the argyle down the sides. Love it. How could you not have the best suit game? You're it's tailor made for you know, suit pun there that you can uh have the best suit. I've already bet Chiefs minus one and a half actually and it's gone up and down to like two and a half, back down to one. I think it opened at 3 actually and it's been kind of fluctuating around there. It's probably going to settle in around two, two and a half as people bet chiefs late because I think people like the Mahomes play. We love the chiefs. Have you already bet the chiefs? I have already bet the chiefs at one, how many? I got it at one, one point. And are you going to just wait on the over? I'm probably just going to be the over later tonight when I get home. I'll probably bet it day of let it finish moving. And then yeah. Gatorade too. Just get the thrill day of betting something else. You know what I also like to bet? Is just first touchdown. Maybe go Travis Kelsey. First, I have to take a look. I haven't looked at the props yet. But Not I, Greg Kittle? No. I think the Chiefs score first. Although the Chiefs haven't been scoring first lately. Didn't the Titans score first on them? Yeah. They were uh, or, yeah, they were up 21 nothing. And the Texans scored first on them. Or the Texans were up 21, 24 nothing. Yeah. How funny. God, can you imagine the odds you got on that? Down 24 nothing. And if you bet the halftime, they were winning at half. That's crazy. That's a that this is why that game gets forgotten in terms of like the best comebacks ever is because the game was already they already came back they, they went down immediately and came back immediately so yeah. it was unreal if that happened in any other game it would have taken a team all day to come back and it would have been considered 
one of the great comebacks in Rivers history. Rivers would have been two minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Down, Down six. <laughs> and then throws a pick in the end zone to end the game. Do you like any other props game day or just going to wait? You know, I'm still going to bet the uh, Gatorade lemon lime, but tweet at us at Friar Farmhands with your Gatorade color of choice. Do you know what the odds are on lemon lime? I think they were the lowest, like plus 300. Lemon lime. I like. I don't mind lemon lime. Or in, I think of the original flavors, orange is the best. If you yeah. like fruit punch, I can get the hell out of no. here. No, orange and then blue frost or if, purple frost. Do they ever – They I've seen purple on the sidelines before. I like purple and blue too. Solid. Yeah. Not too flashy with the flavor, just enough to let you know it's there. Right. I've been in a Gatorade Zero lately. Yeah. I like it. Feel it. sweet. Feel – yeah, I feel healthier. I'm not eating, drinking as much sugar. I used to pound Gatorade. In high school when I was playing basketball a lot, I drink three Gatorades a day. I'm big into the liquid IVs these days. Are you really or are you just saying that? Yeah, I know. Great hangover cure. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why we, we didn't do the podcast yesterday? I don't know. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account, at Fire Farm Hands. If you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. That was Wade. I am Ryan. Talk to you guys next week. Peace out. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.